many verses there, although they're there for a purpose. But the whole idea is that we need to, and again, I like to approach the storyline a little bit different and then to get us to think. There were some things that were said this past week that had me really doing some deep thinking. The person was talking about three significant things and, it, and four makes it happen. The three significant things that he mentioned was, I think it would be proper though, that I, after I finish praying, I'll tell you what they are. <laughs> Father, in our time together, thank you for the insights. Thank you for what you enabled me to learn this week. This has been, every week is different. Every week has its uniqueness. Thank you, Lord, for a week that had me to begin to really get on the path of what they call thinking well. Thinking well. And thinking well means that everything that's done moves toward perfection because you're in the center of it. It's my prayer that Lord, now, as we talk to the saints and as we look at your word and as we analyze the word, Lord, that I pray, Lord, that you have open ears and receptive hearts. Refresh in my mind and my heart also, Lord, the things that you have laid before me. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said. The three major things in life, I want you to remember number one. Number one, this one repeat that to me, change. What is it? I don't care where you are or what's doing, it's going to change. It's going to change. The next thing is time. What is it? The thing that is so important is that you cannot, everything, if you don't make the change, it will stop you. It will keep you from moving forward. If, if a caterpillar went into, uh, I think it's called solarium, chrysalis, and this chrysalis uh, that it goes into, uh, what happens is this, it has to, in the chrysalis, everything that it ate, now has a tendency to change it. And when it comes out of the chrysalis, it comes out different. And the reason that it comes out different is that before we had to change in the time continuum, you have to change. And as you had to change, the reason that it made the change because you had to have a plan. What is it? A. So what are the three right now? Change, time, and plan. If these three are not put in this right place, if you don't see how it fits into scripture, if you don't see how God has put all these things together, if you don't see that there's going to be an outcome to this, then it's not God's fault. And so the results of it is because of these three, here's the thing that makes it happen. What we've been dealing with, the word we've been dealing with all this month, what is it? Diligence. You must be diligent 
And to be diligent, you must be uh, disciplined. How did you get out of bed this morning? What did you do that first honored God? We say all of this, he said, well, what does this have to do with Mary and Joseph and the baby? Stay with me. Because you're going to see that, that all of this begin to unfold, 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 that we must understand that in order for God to get the glory out of our lives, it's not what you have in your hand, it's what you have in your heart. All through scripture and, and in life itself, those who have made significant changes impact the world. So, we go into this thing with, with introductions and things like that, but we'll start off with the, with the verse. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her uh, to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a, in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Well, we need to take this to another level. There's some thoughts again that I'll be point out to you as we move into the storyline, so bear with me. I think that it's important that we put it out there to you. This holiday season literally rings with a high promotional impact that encourages a significant emphasis on gifts, parties, etc. But it's deliberately and methodically excluded the real meaning of Christmas. Now folks are saying have a, a happy holiday. What does that mean? They can't, they can't tell the person out there who don't have a home, trying to get something to eat, give them a quarter and say, happy, have a happy holiday. Can you imagine what's going through that person's mind? And those who plan for a, quote, a happy holiday, God threw a little weather system in, and those who thought they were going down south and all that, oh, God began to hit the whole east coast. My, my daughter all the way down to Florida, the temperature dropping all the way down to 39. These folks didn't know where 39 was. Rain and snow and everything else. And, and, and some of the folks never got to their destination. God shut the system down. Happy holiday. Can you still have a meaningful Christmas and have nothing? This storyline starts off with a bunch of folks, poor folks, with a bunch of nothing but God. Just that this couple was betrothed. They all almost, well, really married, but there's a, another step, but they, it was as if they were married. They may as well have been married. It was a done deal. Question. Why was Christmas, uh, Christ's birth Revealed in such a low-key arrival. Lord, if you're going to do something, why didn't you do it big? You're the God of the universe. You hold eternity. 
You rule it. Why is it that you would choose on a speck? Why would you have your son to die for the world? Come in such a mundane manner as being born in a feed trough. Lesson we need to learn. Lesson we need to learn. Response. Read it together. One observation, it produces lasting and eternal impact. Now I say, well, I thought it was going to be something big. Stay with me. What happens is this. We must keep in mind that there is a vast difference between popularity and influence. Popularity is not designed to win souls. If God would have came with all, I mean, the world would have seen it and boy, it would have been a really popular thing. But popularity does not win souls. And don't think and don't try to be popular. Be holy. God will take care of the rest. You have in you everything. You are that mustard seed. You are that mustard seed that God can plant. And everything that God has purposed for your life. Once he puts you in this low level, no one pays attention. But wait, wait a minute. You're just in the process. And as the Lord began to explain to you, here's the reason that came and This is how I came. There's a reason because there's a way that you should be living. And don't try to get attention and be popular and all those other things. It will never save souls or satisfy God. Intentional influence is driven by an established purpose and plan. And the biblical narrative of Mary and Joseph reveals this to us. Again, intentional influence is driven by an established uh, purpose and plan. In the biblical narrative, Mary and Joseph, the Lord says, here's a prime example of what I'm going to do here. As we focus our thoughts for this morning, let us consider these three snapshots. And it is, number one, the problem. Number two, the purpose and plan. And number three, the procedure. So let's get right into it. You've been very patient so far. Let's look at the problem. As we begin to look at the problem, then it was a relational challenge. What was it? It was a what? The scene opens up. Here's a couple that loved each other. Here's a couple that was planning on getting married. Here's a couple that, but you know, life looked pretty good. He was a carpenter, and, and he was going to take her as a wife. And boy, I just, it was going to be a typical Jewish tradition. But remember, change, time, plan. What is it? Change, time, plan. What do you do when God interrupts you? And so you get into the life of Joseph. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, do you think that Joseph immediately said, oh, oh, have you praised the Lord? All of a sudden, his world is shattered. 
Both of them loved God. Both of them served God. They were doing everything, and all of a sudden, change come in. That's what happens when you start walking with the Lord. You, you can do everything right, but you cannot stop change. And change will bring with it storms that you never imagined. But it never stops God's plan. Everybody with me so far? And her husband, Joseph, being a just man. I, I, I like that. <laughs> being a just man. And unwilling to put her to shame, resolved resolve to divorce her quietly. I, I, I like that about Joseph. He's, he, was, he was a just man. And, and fellas, you know, you plan on getting married and everything else, go through the whole ritual, and all of a sudden she says she's pregnant. And then you say, what? No, you didn't. <laughs> I went home early. Uh-uh. I have nothing to do with what went on. And then she says, I was pregnant by what? Who? The Holy Spirit. Uh-oh. How do you handle information like that? This is a religious Jewish community. They know the power of the Holy Spirit. They, they know God. They know about And you're telling me that the Holy Spirit had something to do with you being pregnant. How believable is that? How would you accept that type of change? God has a means of coming through some ways that we never expect. So that we'll be so off base that we have to look to him for help. And then the camera shifts to Joseph. You see what, how jo Joseph, and Joseph, her husband, Joseph being a man a just man. What type of man? A just man. Not just a man. It's a just man. You see how it's that don't mess up scripture. No. He was a just man. God give us some just men so that when things happen, they don't strike out, they don't come bitter. Give me a just man. That when everything goes wrong, he doesn't lash out. He began to take it in and think about it and ruminate so that he'll do the right thing all the time. A just man, unwilling to put her to shame. Regardless of how she was hurt and he knew this thing was going to be over, he said, how I'm going to do this, I don't want to embarrass her anymore. I don't want to hurt her. I had to get a divorce. I don't know what, I'm at, I'm at a stalemate. It's amazing what life does. And, and, and the lesson, and the very subtle message as we look at, at Christ. Oh yes, Christ was born, and, and those are very important, but there's some subtle things that's happened. You keep living, and all of a sudden, you're going to find you run into a change. And, and the change that happens to you will test who you are in secret. No one else will validate it but between you and God. Joseph, 
the change that happened to him, Joseph said, I, I, I'm doing everything that God wants me to do. I know that I've been right toward her. Lord, I'm between a rock and a hard place. Before we walk away from this, let's, uh, let's see if we can do some uh, analyzing here. Mary was informed and, and submissive to God's will. Joseph was unaware of Mary's encounter. Joseph was faced with a dilemma. There are the word, words that will best describe, these words that best describe the participant in God's plan. So I put up some words. The first one is what? Obedient. When things go wrong and you don't understand, stay true to the word of God. Number two, available. Don't go into your cocoon and, uh, or into your cave and shut out everybody. The next one is committed. Make sure that you have decided, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Next one, consider it. When you make sure that in your reactions, you don't lash out or say things to others that can destroy them. Remember eight, uh, Proverbs 18, 21. It says that death and life is in the power of the what? Tongue. Blessed is he that eats the fruits thereof. Be considerate. Next, honest. Be honest with God, be honest with yourself, and be honest with the situation. This is overwhelming. Next one, be protective. Protect God's reputation. Protect the, dyna protect the dynamics of what you're going through so that when you come out of it, you have not shared with others. You destroy their reputation while God was trying to do something in your life. Watch your words. Lastly, be dedicated. Boy, as I, as I look at this, and we're just what we're doing, we're dissecting Joseph. <laughs> In the course of dissecting Joseph, it's, it's some, a good plan and, and uh, encouragement to you, and, and, and really uh, an admonishment to you. Listen carefully. Make sure that what you're going through, don't destroy other folks while you're going through it. God knew the heart and mind of Joseph and Mary and determined that his eternal plan could be trusted into their care. Question. How many of these listed characteristics best describe you? Describe you, huh? Number two, be very patient. The purpose and plan. Now, as we look at this, again, we go through the, the readings here, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you should call his name what? Now, listen to the names. Listen to the names that the angel tells him to do. The first one is what? Jesus. 
for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name what? Wait a minute, I thought it was Jesus. Which is it? Is it, is it Jesus? Or is it Emmanuel? Then why is it Jesus and Emmanuel? And there's, there's, they, they are told to mention both of their names. Class time. Theology time. When you have Jesus, Yeshua Hamashiach, this Jesus that we're talking about right now, he represents unto us a child is born. It talks about his physical ministry will be under the level of Jesus. The things that he will do will be under the name of Jesus. For at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue. It didn't say under the name of Emmanuel, did it? Under the, in the name of Jesus, every tongue shall confess. Then you have Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. And in the Old Testament, when they said God with us, then David would say, surely God is with us when we're going into battle. Or many of the others would say, God with us. But man, in the battle, we know that God is with us. No, no, no. It changes now. It changes here from the whole idea of God with us going through our trials to God in us. Jehovah Shammah, God is there. And so the angel mentions both carefully mentioned both names, one out of prophecy, and says, Now, when this child come forth, you shall name him Jesus. Jesus. And as we think about that, catch that door. Okay. As we think about that, it says Joseph's consideration involved these dynamics. Their commitment and marital commitment being betrothed to one another. The crisis of pregnancy. The consequences. The course of action. The change of plans for the future. Observation. God's purpose and plan for our life will always come with specific instructions that we must follow. Did you see? I didn't say should follow. What is, what is it? Must follow. Joseph, you've had a change in your life. Wherever there's a change, God has a plan. Repeat that to me. Wherever there's a change, God has a plan. And guess what? This plan is before it happens. As you go through it. So every change that happens to you, God has a plan. Something bad seems to happen to you. God has a plan. If Job was here, he'll tell you, I walked with God. I did everything right. He says that my whole world crashed in on me. You see, Job didn't expect a change. But the change should not change who you are in your relationship with God. So he says through all of this and losing his seven sons and, uh, and his three daughters, he says, yea, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I don't understand this full process, but I know one thing. I'll keep trusting him. 
Joseph, he hit the wall, and all of a sudden, in his dream, the Lord have different ways of showing up. In his, in his dream, an angel shows up and began to talk to him. And we'll talk about that as we, just, as we go on here. An angel got involved at the right time. Remember that time is perfect, isn't it? His approach was with great sensitivity. Joseph, don't fear. Joseph, be at peace. Joseph, my job of telling you, my job of of speaking to you, I, I, I want you to be receptive. And so the first thing the angel says is, don't fear. When the the Lord speaks to your heart, before he tells you the answer to your problem, he's going to tell you, don't fear. When you approach the Lord, then you come to him not fearful, but trusting him. You might be puzzled. You might be tired. You might be frustrated. But make sure it's not with fear. His agenda was made very clear. The child that is born to you is from the Holy Spirit, and you shall call him Jesus. It's, it's, it's very clear. This, this was not a, every change in your life and my life is never an accident. It's not like a meteorite coming and all of a sudden hits your house and you'll burn, your house burn up. He said, well, and some folks say, oh, that was an act of God. No, I no, I threw it there, you know. Nothing just happens. And sometimes we're so bent on the change that we don't understand that it has its own time and that it has a plan that will make a difference in your life and mine. His announcement was a quote from, the, from the, uh, a prophecy by Isaiah. There were two names ascribed to Christ, the Christ child. Emmanuel, God, is with us. The next one, Yeshu, to deliver, to rescue. That's the word, like Joshua, also the same name, almost, mean deliverer. And so we see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as a deliverer, and he has to come in flesh in order to die for our sins. So to deliver, to be delivered, uh, to deliver us, then he has to come in the flesh, grow up as a man, then die on the cross of Calvary, and he must be sinless. That's why no other religion will stand before God if they cross out this word Jesus Christ, the Christ child. Jesus, Jesus. If you, if, you, if you cross that out, Emmanuel, God is with us. This is purpose. And as we look at Christmas and how they have cut Christmas up, <laughs> one guy said, um, Oliver Green, years ago, he said, they're having a shinding at, at the Lord's expense. They're having their parties and everything else, and, and boy, they're just having a good time. They, and some folks 
commit suicide because they didn't get anything or don't have anything and don't know that God loves them and can give them everything. They die in ignorance. And the story of Christmas is letting them know you're, you're in the story. And things can change for you. God has his timing and he has a plan. But you must be disciplined. You must be diligent to do something about it. Come to the last one. The procedure. So he, Joseph had a problem. Mary and Joseph had a problem. There was no way in the world that Mary can defend herself. She wasn't going to try to defend herself. Joseph didn't want to do her in. An angel steps in and says exactly what to do. And here's the procedure. He told him what to do. And here's the verse, the verses that wrap things up. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. I like that. I should have darkened that one. When he woke from his sleep, what did he what? He did as the angel of the Lord what? Didn't say ask him, suggest to him. He did what he was told. If he did that coming out of his sleep, how should we be doing it while we're living? Do what you're told and quit listening to your friends. I don't care how great a motivational speaker they are and everything else. Listen to the Lord and do what you're told. And he says, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. When it comes down to the to marital rights and everything else, he says, the Bible says, there was no, there was no sex involved deliberately. So that folks can't say, ah, oh, it wasn't by the Holy Spirit, it was by Joseph. The Lord said, no, we're going to keep this. I want you to, I want her to be, to Jesus Christ to be born. And I want to make sure that from, from the holy standard of God, that it's clear that Jesus Christ came by the Holy Spirit, not by another man's seed. Had it been by Joseph's seed, then it would still be sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so he knew her not. To validate the truth of God as to the separation and his intentional, his, his merciful, intentional love toward us. After receiving the message and command from the, the angel, Joseph did three things. Let's name them. Ready? He, he obeyed the command. Next. He obeyed. See the verbs? He obeyed. He took, what did he do? He knew our son, Jesus. As far as the marital plan, God says, go ahead and get married. No, go ahead and finish it out. Go ahead so that the, the, the society would know that you're husband and wife and, and all of the ceremonies. When that baby comes, make sure you name the baby Jesus. 
Because in the seed of that name was God with us. And God said, said, he looked at the time, he looked at the change, and he looked at the plan. He said, my plan was just the way it's going to happen. And my plan is that that son, that beautiful baby, going to go through close to 33 years of life. And then I'm going to make sure that he's on the cross of Calvary. And even that was intense for Jesus when he was saying, Father, if, if there's any other way of doing this thing, let this cup pass from me. Stay with the plan. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And this Jesus took it all the way to the cross. And, and one of the toughest things, no, I call it the toughest. One of the, the greatest things about it was that when God, was says in Isaiah, that God laid on him the, uh, the iniquity of us all. All the sins of man before they were even born. He, he absorbed it. And guess what? It didn't say he died. Uh-uh. He'd be going ahead of time. He took it all in, and then he said, ah, it's finished. Only God could do that. <laughs> Only God could take all of our sins and failures and frustration, frustrations and our disobedience and everything else. And Jesus said, I know what you are doing and what you should be doing. I've, I've gone on the cross of Calvary from you. I'm sucking it all in. He sucked it all in. He didn't die yet. Because he said, I laid out my own spirit. And as he sucked it all in, he said, it's finished. See, he was still being biblical. Because he with the Jews, when they would take the, the goat and would take that, take it all the way out away from the camp, away from the 12 tribes. And it would sometimes would be, it would be sometimes like, some say about 20 miles up and away. When they have done away with this goat, they begin to scream for 20 miles and each one would pick it up. It is finished. 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 You get all the way up, all the way up to the tabernacle till finally the priests hear it. It's finished. They had to do that every year. And God says, let me just put this in a package. And his name shall be Jesus. And when you plant him, he's going to get up. And when he gets up, it's your receipt. I have received it. And you're on your way to glory. That's why I don't consider it a merry Christmas. Merry is based on things happening. I call it a meaningful Christmas. Because God knows about the change. God knows about the time. And God has a plan. Almost finished. This is what I've learned. And when I learned it this week, it kind of really stuck with me. It's, it's a simple phrase, but things stick with Donald, okay? Time is just a hiccup 
in eternity. Time is just a hiccup in eternity. From Adam until God wraps it up, it'll only be compared to eternity. It's just a hiccup, hiccup. And God's timing was to get it when it was going up. <laughs> so to come back down right, it's a hiccup in eternity. How you use your time, how you discipline yourself, because none of you are here to just cruise through life. God has a plan for your life. Don't look for, for the accolades of, of this world. This world hated Jesus. And the greatest haters were in the church. So... We have this thing we call, we call one last thing. God had placed us here for a purpose limited by time. And we, we, when we have finished, we'll be taken home. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To make sure you heard what I said, why don't you, let's read it together. God had placed us here for a purpose limited by time. And when we have finished, he will be taken home. Some are concerned, Pastor Rackett, you know, don't say it, but you got gray hair, you're getting old. Uh-huh, yeah, that's, that's time. That's change. The plan is not finished yet. When it's finished, you will not see me anymore. The whole idea is, did I finish God's purpose for while I'm here? Or are you so busy with the pats on the back from the world? Or the likes on Facebook? That you haven't checked out whether God likes what you're doing. Put this last thing then. Remember four unshakable principles that are embedded in the word of God. Time, change, a plan, discipline. Very silent. You'll find it from the beginning to the end. God says, listen carefully. All the things you're going to, don't let it define you. Don't let this little hiccup right here define the rest of your life. God has a plan for each one of you. My question is, will you be faithful in finishing? Finishing well. Well, you've been very patient. And I pray that you and I have a very meaningful Christmas. I pray that you and I will take that moment to look back and see the grace and the mercy and the love of God. And that the reason that I can celebrate Christmas is because of what Christ has done in my life.
So, as we close, um, have you been a good time manager? What about your plan? How, how's your plans coming? I have a sheet on my desk, things to do today. Then I check them off. If I have time. <laughs> I'm still working on it. The whole idea is that I have the sheet on the desk. And I know every day, here are the things that need to be done. Then there's another sheet. The other sheet is, I know that there's not many years now. What's my plan? What things do I want to put in place that will honor and glorify God? So as we wrap things up this morning, if God have gotten you to think in this area, I would like to pray for you. And say, Lord, my timing is off. I have permitted things to get into my life. My timing is off. My timing is off as to how much I spend listening to you compared to the television and all the other medias that I look at. My timing is off. I've been thrown into changes. I don't like them, but they keep coming. But I've forgotten that you have you have a plan for me. Remember the song? He knows my name. He knows what you're going through. If God's been speaking to your heart, would you say, I would like to pray for you. He said, God has been speaking to my heart in this area as you were talking. As far as my timing and my plans and My, my question is, as you look at your plan, if you did plan, was God in the center of it? Or was it like icing on a cake? I want God to bless all that I did. If it's icing on the cake, it won't work. Short-lived disappointment. You go on to the next one, and you keep doing that for the rest of your life until your time is up. See, our theme for next year is keeping it real. Keeping it real. And for the next, the next 12 months, we're going to go through the whole process. How do we keep things real? Past the mess in our lives and the challenges and the frustration. How do I keep it real? It won't be like Joseph. It'll just, it'll just be, a, it'll just be a, a, a per, his was a personal challenge, just like you will have personal challenges. So I pray for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for those who are here and did more than just hear, but they really heard what was going on here. The time is a hiccup. And that, Lord, time will not stop until it comes to its end that you have designed. And change will be inevitable. But, Lord, I just want you to help us to understand that you chose us in this period of time. With all of the troubles and all of the challenges that you know our name. 
when the tears begin to flow in. And sometimes we feel like we're doing this thing all alone. Help us understand. It's all a part of the plan. And all you're asking us to do is to be diligent. To be dependable. To be disciplined. I pray, Lord, that you'll help each one of us to address this season with a sense of deep meaning. And where there's meaning, there's respect, there is joy, there's peace. And while it flows in, you begin to give us the answer for the next day. No wonder you gave the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And lead us not into temptation. Lord, I just pray about this. Thank you for what you're going to do in the lives of each one that I'm speaking to right now. And even as it's recorded, help us to review it. Help us to understand it. Help us to apply it to your glory. And we'll be careful to give you the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, all the saints said, Amen. I have